Hello and welcome to Saturday Night Hive. This is an episode I've been very excited for and about, and I actually have a lot of thoughts. Some of them are controversial, but some of them I think are actually quite surprising, even to myself. But there's no one else I would want to talk about this with than the one and only Hiva Murray. Hello, Hiva. Oh, that was such a cute lead-in. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm also very excited to talk to you. I wrote that myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I want to start off by saying I have seen every single episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, okay? I have seen a lot of the recent ones probably five times over. Not in this intense way, but in this like two screen experience way where I need something to roll in the background while I go on Twitter to think about other stuff. And so with that being said, I do have this like level of knowledge when it comes to the Kardashians, Mm -hmm. but I do want to be very clear. Yes. Did I write a paper freshman year of college claiming Kim Kardashian was a feminist? Yes. However, (laughs) do I think that they have contributed very negative qualities and also a lot of racist qualities to the society we live in, the answer is yes. So when it comes to this episode and Kim Kardashian hosting SNL, I have a bias, I have a bit of a tilt, but I do not think she's a perfect person and I do not stand her. However, I actually think she did quite well. Hiba, what are your like initial reactions? Yeah, um, I'm more of like a passive consumer of the Kardashian drama that will not prohibit me from sharing my unabashed opinions. As always, that's what we do here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think she held her own really well. To be honest, I was most excited for this episode because I had like never heard her say um, more than like three sentences strung together. Mm-hmm. And I knew that for the monologue, she would have to talk for like five straight minutes um, the monologue super, super impressed me, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it in a sec, but I think overall, um, I was pleasantly surprised with how she showed up. Yeah. I mean, let's just get into it. First off, it's funny because we don't even have things we want to talk about with the cold open. The cold open was what it was. The monologue. Okay. The monologue was shocking. To me, the monologue was so shocking because, first off, this monologue, which felt long, was no more than five minutes. Mm-hmm. It was actually quite tight. And to mm-hmm. be really honest, there's a lot of things about it that I would say were good. Number one, uh, I was quite surprised because her delivery was not bad. Mm-hmm. It was actually quite measured. She was able to do it without being extremely flat. And there was this kind of buildup in a way where I just frankly didn't know what she was going to say next. And for me, it started with the Corey Gamble joke. The Corey Gamble joke unto which she called him a gold digger mm-hmm. is actually pretty inside baseball. I recently learned that most people don't know who Corey Gamble is. He is Chris Jenner's long-term boyfriend. boyfriend yeah. But then it kind of piled up. And I would say in terms I'm going to like literally rank how shocking the jokes were to me. It's Corey Gamble, plastic surgeon, divorce, which I did not think she would even say out yeah. loud. And then I'm going to put three failed politicians because that was actually very funny. Yeah. But the OJ stuff, to me, I very audibly was like, wow, yeah. did not see that coming. So I saw this tweet that she was basically out of pocket. And I feel like that's the best and most accurate way to describe this monologue. Um, I, too, was so impressed by the comedic layers 
onto which she basically like did a five minute history of her entire family drama like she started with Mm. like her sex tape thing and then she like yeah she pulled us all the way back to oj um and she went through every single one of her family members basically um Mm. i want to know like i feel like her the smartest strategy for her coming into this which she executed was like okay like people are gonna think that i am this person that like makes so much money off of the drama of my family but I do it in a way that's like not very transparent and so Mm. she came onto the show and she was like yeah here's all our family drama and I know that it's ridiculous like I'm not just like some um dumb like closed book like I'm not gonna talk about it like no I'm here to talk about it um I especially appreciated when she was like uh, you might be surprised to see me here. Like, I'm also surprised. Like, that was, like I love when they just say what you are thinking because then I'm like, oh, they're self-aware. Like, self-aware and Kim Kardashian are not two phrases that come into my head simultaneously. But after the monologue, I was like, oh, maybe we're not giving her enough credit. Of course, I know that she probably didn't write the whole thing herself, right? Like, they have a whole um, staff mm-hmm. of writers. Um, the My favorite thing, though, was at the end when she was like, yeah, I've got like 350 million followers, like watching my every move. SNL has 10 million followers. So this is like a chill, intimate night for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny because she was basically like also she was like, yeah, I make fun of myself. I'm also going to make fun of this institution. Like, it's not a big deal to me. I'm here, whatever. Like the nonchalant cool vibe is like a very hard Thing to do curatedly but i think she pulled it yeah off. i think you're actually pointing out two really big things which is one from that monologue alone and that like joke alone about how snl is frankly just beneath her that's true there are some celebrities who frankly snl is beneath them mm-hmm. for example beyonce mm-hmm. <laughs> frankly if beyonce did snl i'd be like oh why i'd be like does she have cancer like is this her dying wish like what is going I on mean, yes and i feel the same about kim because there's a lot of things that i can't exactly figure out in terms of why kim did this why kim did this now my one theory which i like to entertain is that you know i would argue that a person's golden age of SNL is like when they're 12. And for me, it was Kristen Wiig, Bill Hader, Jason Sudeikis, Andy Samberg. Mm. A part of me wonders if Northwest has decided to go down the YouTube rabbit hole of SNL compilation oh, clips. And she was like, oh, my God, mom, have you seen this? Can we go to this? And her mom was like, oh, I'm going to do one better, baby. And so I will she host it. Went. She hosted it. And that's the thing, too. You know, Keeping Up with the Kardashians has been on E! for 20 seasons it's over now and they're moving over to hulu nbc universal does have like a small bitty stake in hulu but the fact that she's kind of severing her content um relationship with nbc doesn't exactly make sense to me as to why she would do this now like she's not promoting anything yeah but that's the thing she doesn't have to i think that's such a good point like i'm not Like, I don't really know what content her children consume, but what I I feel like the peak age of impressions of the Kardashians was actually, like, 10 years ago on SNL, Mm, and I I fully expected Nassim Pedrad to make an appearance, because she was always the one. I wanted her to so bad. Me too. She was always the one that would be impersonating Kim K, but yeah, we don't know where this came from. (laughs) 
Yeah, and you know, I'm really glad you brought up Nazim because I think she had like one of the best Kardashian impressions. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, Kristen Wiig's Kris Jenner is quite strong, mm-hmm. but like I would have loved Nazim to come through. I think she is filming the second season of her show. Oh, okay, got it. But you bring up another point. Kim, who I got to be honest, I'm going to call her KKW from now on because that's just how she <laughs> registers in my brain. She did this monologue, no gimmicks, no guests, no cameos, Mm -hmm. no turn to audiences, nothing by herself. I was incredibly engaged the entire time and it impressed me as well. So I was in. And frankly, like, I just think that the roasts, which were a little bit like comedy central type roasts, Mm -hmm. I'm sure she ran all of them by her sisters. They love to make fun of each other. It's fine. Yeah. They were just a lot bolder and a lot more biting than I expected. Yeah, I fully agree with you. I I also think the fact that we spent like the first 10 minutes talking only about the monologue, um, like this is probably the best monologue that we've seen in a long time. I think so. And just to give credit where credit is due, according to the live from New York subreddit, the monologue was written by Jasmine Pierce and Mike Desenzo, a name that comes up a lot when it comes to writing credits this time around. But... Let's go into the first one, Aladdin. There's a lot of things I did not expect to happen on Saturday <laughs> night. Seeing Kim sit next to Pete Davidson mm-hmm. was extremely disheartening. Holding hands. But let me also, holding hands when they kissed, that was a little weird. But let me also make something clear for my little page six kitties. Pete Davidson has had dinner at Nobu with Kanye and Kim Kardashian before. Timothy Chalamet and Kid Cudi were there. Mm-hmm. They're kind of friends, so they kind of know each other. If I'm being honest, I wish Pete Davidson had been replaced by new featured player Aristotle Atari. I want to see this kid like talk a little bit more, mm-hmm. but I think Kim did pick Pete for a reason. My hot take is this entire sketch, unto which, let me be very clear, Kim, not great actress, it's fine. Mm. This entire sketch was very 2010 to me. Like, I have to wonder if she ran some of these jokes by Kanye, because most of the jokes were, like, kind of predicating on this idea that Kim only dates black guys. Yeah. Which is kind of this other fetishization conversation that I don't know if she wants me to get into or I want to get into. But what do you want to get into with this one, Hibba? Yeah, okay, so I don't know who picked Pete, but I thought that it could have also been a play on his whole, like, BDE drama. Oh, interesting. I think it would have been, like, also funny, but, like, a little bit less effective with like Mikey Day or someone like that mm-hmm. um but to your point about Aristotle so I I feel like you probably know this but I realized that like he is was actually part of the like group of like four comedians that came up with Hassan Minaj and they had their own I think it was called like goat face comedy or something like that I didn't know this oh my god yeah there, there's like a bunch of them there's another guy who also like continues to do stand-up i think hassan minaj is the one that has like become the most famous like because of his daily show stuff but hassan posted an instagram post and was like i'm so proud of like aristotle for like getting on snl like this is a huge deal this man is like so selfless he like shot and edited my like um daily show uh like audition yeah audition audition um and he would like 
like review anyone's comedy material before his own so just like he seems like a like a cool and selfless person and then when Hassan posted that I was like oh like I actually know um where this guy comes from but I agree with you I'm excited to see him do more things I think it would have been weird if they cast him because he's actually Middle Eastern and part of like the Mm. joke was that um they like are like Aladdin is like supposed to be based in like the fake Middle East and so maybe oh sure it would have been like typecasting I don't know but um yeah I thought I don't know if this is true or not I think that they cast Pete Davidson because of the BDE scandal basically Mm mm-hmm Okay. I am I'm willing to accept that. I really am. I think we should just go on to the next one, which was a fun little music video, Ladies Night song. Number 1, Punky Johnson. Very fun. Keep mm-hmm. singing. Ego Wodum. I still think strongest rapper of the season right now, mm-hmm. Chris Red, yes, but Ego Wodum has a presence that cannot be beat. You know, I got to say, I was very scared the minute Kim opened her mouth because Kim and singing don't go together. Mm. Like, but I do think they cut off Kim at the right time. It was the right amount of Kim rapping because, frankly, um, her vocals have not changed much since the release of her single jam, parentheses, turn it up, end parentheses. Dang. Yeah, I think it was really pointed and good that most of her part of the song was her falling asleep. They were like, Mm. nah, we don't want to hear you sing. But Ego is such a great singer. She has amazing vocals. Um, and yeah, I was impressed by Punky Johnson too. And the outfits they were wearing are like things that Kim would wear in her like normal life. Yeah. So I thought that was funny. So moving on to the next sketch, which I frankly have a lot to say. It's called The Dream Guy. It is <laughs> oh a basically a parody of The Bachelorette. Man, where do I begin? I mean, first off, this sketch was overwhelming. The amount of people mm-hmm. that Kim Kardashian DM'd that weekend included Chase Crawford. My first question, why Chase Crawford? I understand he's on the board. It seemed like an eclectic, an eclectic collection of guys, right? Like they were all just like random hot guys that she knows. Exactly, exactly. My thing on Chase Crawford is I wonder if maybe... She just had a really big Nate crush when Gossip Girl first came on. And she was like, you know what? This is my moment. Let's press send on that DM. (laughs) So we got Chase Crawford, who, by the way, still hot. Love. Jesse Mm -hmm. Williams, also hot. Taste. hottest. John Cena, not interesting. Blake Griffin, (laughs) uh, purportedly dated Kendall Jenner at some point. So that's interesting. Chris Rock, a little older than I expected, but honestly, he has some weird retainer with SNL. And lastly, Tyler C., which I was for, because Tyler C. is a classic Bachelor franchise. Mm -hmm. But man, KKW, she pulled this off. Oh, and let's not forget Amy Schumer, because that was (laughs) a big what the fuck. (laughs) But what do you think of this whole thing? I really like the sketch. I thought it was so funny. I think it's perfect because Kim actually in another world could fully have been like a bachelorette um i thought it was really funny that she was referring to them like the way that they do on the show even though there's like household names where we know their full name like she was like amy s and like chris r (laughs) like i thought that was really funny yeah chris rock weird energy from him also there's like I don't know. I feel like they were awkward with each other. They must know each other or, like, run in the same circles or something. But I think you're right. He has, like, some sort of weird retainer. 
Um, I was waiting for a sketch that would be star-studded. Like, honestly, I was surprised that she did her monologue without any guest appearances. I was expecting her family to show up, which they did. Another thing is, like, okay, so unclear. I don't think her and Kanye are actually broken up. Sure, sure. Unclear if this was, like, supposed to be, like, here are all the hot guys I could be dating or if that mm-hmm. not really at all because John Cena and, like, other people in that are, like, married and stuff, so maybe it wasn't. My favorite, favorite part of it was, like, the person that lost, which was Kyle Mooney, which, like, of course, um, their, like, punishment was they had to go in the pit. It was basically mm-hmm. like a fi- a pit of fire, and they basically died when they lost the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so funny that like they escalated the like stakes of the Bachelorette in that way. I don't know, just like a good use of comedy elevation. That's true. And my initial thing is that this actually kind of reminded me of that Jimmy Kimmel sketch, Handsome Man's Club. Where he just kind of had like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and all these people sitting in a room talking about how hot they are. Mm-hmm. I got the same vibes because Kim basically just stockpiled all of the hot famous guys with network television experience in New York City that weekend into one room. Basically. Another thing that was very clear to me is that none of these men have ever seen The Bachelor because their whole like hype mentality look if you've seen an episode. And Tyler C is the only one who has. But if you've watched The Bachelor, they don't like excitedly hug each other like someone just made a touchdown they chill they chill however hibba you have now created a crumb that i want to pick up and take all the way to the finish line because frankly i gotta be honest i think kim wanted to bring these guys on invited them to the after party and wanted to do a little bit of speed dating because mm. she's on the market technically. But like, is she? It's so cryptic. I gotta. I mean, here's the thing, Heba. I gotta ask. Chris Rock and Kim Kardashian. Could something be there? I okay. Their energy was so weird. Like, if you just like watch that clip versus her interacting with all the other guys, it's like they don't want to be there with each other. But like that just. Like, there's no reason for that, so that just makes you think, like, what happened between them, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, in your wildest dreams, what do you think happened? Uh, I mean, I feel like I would not put it past Chris Rock to, like, totally try to hit on her. I don't know if he has any kind of, like, friendship with Kanye. Like, he also very publicly went through a divorce and, like, in one of his stand-ups was like, yeah, I cheated and, like, I was terrible. So, like... I don't know, maybe she's into that brashness because she's also going through a public divorce. Yeah, I mean, okay, so my whole thing on the Kanye thing is I don't think they're going to get divorced. I think something will happen. They'll realize it's better for the brand. They'll get back together. Mm. However, I think it's also fair that maybe Kanye just will never leave the orbit because I think she's kind of modeling her separation after Kourtney Kardashian and Scott Disick's. Like, Uh. Scott was at the SNL after party. Like, they are still in the family they have both dated other people, as seen in a later sketch. I think this is just Kim's version of a modern family. I think that's okay. Um, did you catch the Scott Disick joke? The, the one of the dogs, they were like, my dog used to be so unconfident, and now she's dating Scott Disick. Yep, 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 yep. I love that. No, 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 I did love that. I did love that. It's funny because it's hard to imagine Kim Kardashian dating anyone who was not as weird as Kanye. It's funny because when there were like some weird rumors floating that she was dating Van Jones, I was like, oh, no. Oh my God, Van Jones. I know. That's insane. I know. But see, here's the thing. 
Then you put all these Hawkeyes in a room and you cannot help but think like pairing each other off. Chris Rock and Kim Kardashian, could that be a thing? And mm-hmm. I'm going to throw another one at you later on because I do want to blow some minds. But regardless, this sketch was not bad. I enjoyed it. Kim weirdly would be a fantastic bachelorette, although I think she has more I think she has more followers than the bachelorette nation combined. Yeah, I think also she would do great on like Love Island, but like very past. Oh, She's oh very God. past that. Something she is not past is another pre-tape with A.D. Bryant called The Switch. My favorite thing about this sketch is when A.D. Bryant screamed, go back to Arizona, you stupid lizard trash. <laughs> yeah. Like that really that really hit me hard and I loved it. Um, but I kind of like this sketch. I actually think weirdly, Kim is very good at like fantastical sketches. Mm-hmm. Like for example, her bringing up the clock for some reason totally worked for me. I was like, you know what? Sometimes the Kardashians make such little sense that if you bring an element of like time travel of like weird machinery it actually kind of works but kim not doing a great 80 impression in fact i think it's funny that her idea of imitating 80 was just like lowering her voice to octaves (laughs) like that was very funny to watch because i was like i don't know which 80 you're looking at but like okay yeah, I think it's funny because, okay, so she's not a good actress, right? But, like, her showing up and being herself is funny. Mm-hmm. She nailed it that way. I want to point out that this is part of a recurring series of sketches that AD does. So whenever they have, like, a female sort of, like, pop culture star, I think AD usually does some kind of, like, role reversal or teaming up with them. Like, she did one with um, Cardi B when it was, like, ADB, mm-hmm. and I think there are mm-hmm. others. My favorite part of the sketch was when Chloe was like, what are these drinks that you made us? And they like, she didn't know the word for milkshakes. Like that was so mm-hmm. funny to me that that was just like not a part of their lifestyle and AD had to explain it to them. And I thought it was funny that like AD turned into Chris at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I when, when Chris showed up, I was like, oh, finally, there she is. Like this is where they slotted her in because I was... Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, they do nothing without her approval, and, like, seeing her being able to make fun of herself a little bit is also, like, part of the whole, like, brand management. Mm-hmm. No, you're completely right. I think Chloe is actually a better actress than all of them, and Chris is just iconic regardless, and so I'm glad they got to get their little camera time in there. Moving on to the lottery sketch, I liked it. Uh, one reason why I liked it was because... It was pretty obvious that, like, there were stagehands underneath the table, like, Mm -hmm. manually pushing up the tubes. And I just find that, like, mechanical stage work really funny and, like, cute. And I like that stuff. Whatever you say about, like, Kim's delivery in this specific performance, when she said, back to you, Jim, that was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I felt like she was the most believable in this sketch. Like, if she didn't come from this, like, famous scandalous family i feel like she totally could be like the hot random lady on the news that tells you the lottery numbers but like doesn't really mm-hmm. understand how they work yeah and actually now that i think about it this kind of reminds me a little bit of like hillary banks fresh prince of bel-air becoming a weather woman like mm-hmm. to me it fit i enjoyed it but i do think this sketch that we're going to talk about is probably the meatiest one and it's the people's court with a k so what do you think about this sketch Hibba? Yeah, oh my god. Okay, so I definitely took the most notes on this sketch. 
Okay, I thought that Chris suing Kylie for not having her baby fast enough was very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of like the on the nose drama where like you expected Chris to be involved and to like make fun of herself, but not to go that far. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Chris suing Kendall for not causing enough drama. I thought that was also like very funny. And then she very pointedly was like, I'm a Jenner, not a Kardashian. And Chris was like, you need to fix that. Like, mm-hmm. you need to work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was waiting for them to show Travis Barker with Courtney because they're just like, okay, so the thing that they're known for is like him being straight out of the year 2000, which is exactly what they said. And also all of their like weird PDA that they like post all the time on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like Mikey Day was like, perfectly performed that part came out and delivered also loved that pete came out as machine gun kelly because he's played machine gun kelly before but also because we know that they're like friends and have like mm-hmm. this romance going on or he asked megan fox like why are we friends and she was like oh because our boyfriends have neck tattoos mm-hmm. and I, was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like what a great foundation for friendship so that was just like a hilarious like little side piece that i loved i did not expect her to bring up the kim versus kanye thing yeah she literally showed us them in divorce court which again is like a very masterful unveiling of like okay everyone knows this is going on we're gonna make fun of it even though it's a sensitive topic um, I will say Chris Red is a really great Kanye. I think he does a very accurate Kanye impression, mm-hmm. just like his demeanor and like his voice and everything. I thought the OJ Simpson part at the end was like kind of unnecessary. I just don't understand why they keep doing callbacks to that. Like I feel like that's not what they're famous for, but maybe they were just trying to be like in good fun. Here's all of the things, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I think one reason why every time I really see the Kardashians in on a platform like this and it kind of like blows my mind is because when you think of where they started it actually makes no sense like it makes no sense that the lawyer for OJ Simpson his family is now hosting SNL like where did the jump happen like and and that that family has two billionaires like what happened in between so much on top of that Kim, I'm realizing now, in her monologue, made a reference to her sex tape, which was not released with her consent. There, There's so much to say about that moment in particular, but the fact that she can joke about it, something that is actually quite painful and scarring, Yeah, she can own up to it, own it, and just be like, I'm going to say this in front of 10 million people, is fascinating. And so fast forwarding to like this sketch in particular, I'm with you. The Travis Barker thing was funny. I I want to believe so, so, so truthfully that Kim pitched this, but I know she did not. And yeah. I do think she was playing on this moment in Keeping Up with the Kardashians when Kim said, Courtney is the least interesting one to look at, which like for some reason seems to be their most prolific beef. But like to make a whole sketch about her and she's not even there at SNL with you is yeah. quite funny. But to be fair... I have to say, I do think Kim does the best Courtney impression. And so, you know what? She owned it. And if this was a show on Hulu, yes, I would watch it. I mean, it might become it might become Kim's show on Hulu now that she's finishing up law school. <sighs> You're right. You're right. And frankly, I actually feel like Kim, I actually expected Kim to bring up social justice or like prison reform a lot more, but that's okay. We compartmentalize ourselves on the daily. So before we go into closing arguments, we will talk about the last 
Kim-centric sketch of the night, Skims, Hiba, how did you respond to this one? I thought this one was so funny because, again, they took something that was, like, real. Like, she actually has a shaper line, and they elevated it to make it so ridiculous. So I thought Keenan's execution was perfect. Like, he always does a great job um, playing these kind of, like, ridiculous characters. Um, My favorite line in the whole thing was, like, okay, so obviously, like, animals and dogs don't really care about their appearance in the Mm -hmm. way that like humans think about Mm -hmm. the standard of beauty of like oh you have to be skinny you have to be a certain weight all of this stuff um so that whole premise was funny in general but there's a part where keenan is like oh like my dog used to be like um like not confident in her appearance and like now she's dating scott disick which Mm -hmm. is just i thought that was so funny i was like waiting for them to say something bad about him this whole time i wonder if like kim was the one or courtney or somebody like requested that joke or if it was like a writer's thing but i thought it was a perfect job to be honest Mm -hmm. um but yeah overall a fun time i agree with you that was sharp it was sharp and we always love promoting your brand and actually i was Hoping we could bring up the cut for time sketch where Bowen, 80, and Kim play a pop group called Glitter Revolution that's pitching themselves to Costco. It's so funny because I actually really enjoyed this. Like, mm-hmm. Bowen Yang doing his little beep the boop was, like, great. But also Kim was, like, actually right on time. And that's the thing. I think she's really good when she when she can detect a pattern and be like, insert now. Yeah. But I actually really enjoyed this sketch a lot. Me too. Honestly, I saw the most stuff online on social media about this sketch and it wasn't in the episodes. So I had to like go find it online and watch it. Um, I feel like they were wrong to cut it for time. I feel like there were some other ones that were not as sharp that they could have switched it out for. But the fact that like Bowen, Kim, and 80 are a believable pop group is just like a very hilarious their outfits were really on point and like you said i think kim like delivered on this one in a way where it was like more natural for her because she just had to like come in and say catchphrase every few minutes Mm -hmm. basically yeah so hiba what is your ranking of this episode okay so overall i'm incredibly impressed by the way that kim showed up this week I feel like there was a lot of smart, pointed writing. Um, I think, again, I've said this before on earlier episodes, but I think a good measure of how well the host did is that they came ready and willing to play, right? Like, they show up, they fully show up, they're not holding back their game for anything. Kim K, not the best actress, not the best singer, but she showed up and was like, yeah, I'm ready to make fun of all of this, and it's not a big deal for me. Um, so I will rate this week's episode eight glitter revolutions. What do you think? Wow. It's so funny because Hiba looked kind of nervous there to admit it was an eight. However, (laughs) Hiba, I'm going to raise your bar a little bit because I'm going to rank this episode 8.3 out of 10 pecs on Bowen Yang's genie. Wow. This episode was weirdly so much better than I expected. And I think the surprise is part of it. But what I also realized from this episode was that when we do these rankings, for me, I'm actually just ranking whether or not I was bored. Because, Mm. for example, Owen Wilson episode, so bored. None of it's memorable. I wanted it to end quicker. Rami Malek coming up next week. Frankly, I think that's going to be boring as well. 
But here's the reason why I think Kim actually kind of slayed this. Because Kim has a good relationship to her celebrity, unlike virtually mm-hmm. every other yeah. host who comes on. She is extremely comfortable being famous. She is aware of why she is famous. And, like, if her entire empire rests on her 360 million Instagram followers, she knows what they're talking about to some extent. And I think her ability to just kind of point at the thing you think she's not going to say is kind mm. of what makes her a success. Now, one thing I didn't love about this episode was that Kim can't really play characters, which is fair because, you know, if you're an actress, that is your job. When you go on SNL, that is your job to play other people. Mm-hmm. The thing is, Kim is so famous for being herself that she can't really be another face, which is fine. But with that being said, I also was thinking about the fact that a lot of people were so shocked by this, the way they were shocked by Elon Musk hosting or, like, anytime a football player comes and hosts. And I kind of forgot that, like, the synergy is once again here because Keeping Up With The Kardashians has been airing on E! for 20 seasons. That family has a very strong relationship with NBC Universal because they've Mm -hmm. given them 20 seasons of content. All of the Kardashians have been on either Jimmy Fallon or the Ellen DeGeneres show, both of which are Mm -hmm. distributed by NBC. And the X factor I can't exactly figure out is why Kim would do this. But the real my real theory on this is that she called them, said she's down. She's kind of in this new phase of her life where, frankly, she doesn't have to prove anything. She doesn't have to show a new side of her. She has everything in the world. So if she does something, it's for fun. And i had fun i hope she had fun and i genuinely am surprised and so i think her 8.3 is well deserved i feel like you brought up so many good points this could also just be part of like the new stage in her life where you know like a lot of people get divorced in their like 40s and then they're like whatever like i'm down to do something totally new so that could also be part of it i'm not sure if she pitched it or if someone else pitched it i think as we've seen recently SNL is kind of taking like a new approach to who they cast as hosts like I think in the past it's been whoever has something new coming out and I think for the most part it's still like oh this person has like a new movie or like it dropped an album or like something big um but yeah we've seen a bunch of like sort of random hosts that are still kind of famous maybe it's an it's an approach to getting more viewership and like getting more better ratings for the show but whatever the reason I am glad that they had KKW on as you would say and to be very honest I am not sure I would have said that a week ago I mean you saying KKW really lit something within me Hiba so thank you for that (laughs) I do want to say something controversial and please tell me your genuine thought on this do you think Michael Che and Kim Kardashian could be a thing Oh my god, I think she would never, to be honest. You think she wouldn't? I think he would for sure try to hit on her. I I get that attitude that he'll just, like, hit on whoever he wants. Exactly. Because that's who he is. He just, like, says whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I don't think she would date him. He's not that cool, like, in her world, you know? He's not that rich. That's what that's what you meant. Yeah, you're basically, right. Basically, yeah, basically. Yeah, you're right. And another part of me was like, man, am I gonna read a TMZ headline that her and Pete Davidson are gonna date? Oh. Oh no. 
that's a no that's a no. i'm pretty sure she thinks of him as a little brother <laughs> oh you're totally right you're totally right and pete davidson would never do anything to offend kanye west like he just wouldn't that's do also it true. But yeah. man, I mean, look, good for Kim. I hope this trip to New York was really fun for her. If she walks out with a boyfriend, uh, any of the men, well, I mean, look, a KKW Kyle Mooney collab. Could that be something? Now I'm just throwing, oh now I'm just throwing boyfriends at the board. Also, like, she doesn't need a man. Like, she can You're right, Heba. You're right. And I really think that her and Kanye are going to be continue to be a thing, like, sort of on the DL, so... Mm. I'm not sure she's as singlish as we think. No, that's smart. That's actually really smart. And it's so smart that we're going to end it there. But thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Hiba, for hanging out and talking to me about KKW. No problem. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everyone.